But go with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I'm preaching on the subject, the celebration of ministry. Celebration of ministry from Philippians chapter 4. As we come to missions conference, I often uh, realize that we have a responsibility here, of course, to glorify Christ, but also to spread the gospel around the world. As you do your job locally, the missionaries that are in this conference will try to take the gospel around the world. And so when you go up to the fellowship hall, to the displays after the service, I hope that you come by and visit the displays. You'll pick up the prayer cards. I have already picked them up myself, most of them anyways. And brother, if you see me put my, your prayer card back in your display, it's only because I take a picture of it and pray for you over my iPad. All right. And so these are important cards. Make sure that you pick them up and pray. Missionaries are always requesting prayer because they need God's people to pray for them. But there's also another very important card that's being passed around, and that's the Faith Promise Commitment Card. And I call this card a ballot. It's election time at Cleveland Baptist Church. You're going to vote. If you vote to give less than you gave last year, you're telling the preacher to take some of those missionaries out of the booklet. If you vote to give the same amount you gave last year, saying, Preacher, these are tough economic times. Let's just keep everything status quo. But if you vote to give more than you gave last year, here's what you're saying. You believe that the trumpet is going to sound, the eastern skies are going to break open, and, and Jesus is going to call us home. You believe that there isn't much time left. Jesus said in John chapter 4, Work wild as day, because the night cometh when no man can work. I could have quoted that verse three years ago, and it would have meant a lot. But since the pandemic and the craziness that's going on in our, in our world, that verse means a lot more. Amen. Work while it is day, because the night is coming when no man can work. Uh, evangelism, missions is my heart. It's my breath. It's my purpose of existence, to glorify Christ and make sure that he gets the souls that he died for. Would you accommodate me? and stand for the reading of God's word. We're just going to read the first four verses of Philippians chapter 4, and then we'll be spending time in other passages of scripture in the book. As the Apostle Paul writes to the church plant that he started, he writes to this church and says in verse 4, I want you to listen to the love that the Apostle Paul had for the church at Philippi. He says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown... So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Do you think the Apostle Paul cared for this church? This means say amen. amen. This means say really say amen. Amen. He says in verse 2, I beseech uh, Iodius and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also, uh, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, who names, whose names are in the book of life. And then I really want you to focus in on the fourth verse. Here where the Apostle Paul says to this church, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let's go to the Lord and ask him to, to bless this time. Father in heaven, as I bow before you this evening, I relinquish myself to you, as I've done so many other times standing behind the pulpit that you've given to another man. It's been lent to me, and I want to honor it, Lord. I want to compliment. I don't want to add. I want to compliment what comes from this pulpit and what's come from this pulpit for 50-some years, Lord. 
I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be a blessing to my home church, but I want you to hide me behind the cross, Lord. Not by might nor by power, but by your spirit is the theme. Holy Spirit, have free liberty here to do as you want and help me to say everything I should say and to leave unsaid what ought not to be said. Help us, Father, as we kick off this conference that we would surpass the million-dollar mark uh, with, a, with a long shot, Lord. Bless, Father, we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Congratulations are in order for Cleveland Baptist Church of over four decades of faith promise missions giving. I contacted Pastor Folger and Pastor Pete and Pastor Kevin Folger responded and said that he believes that faith promise was established here at Cleveland Baptist Church in 1970. So over four decades of faith promise missions giving and of course as pastor has testified so eloquently tonight that almost the million dollar mark in this year alone I would like to know the totality since faith promise is established here how much Cleveland Baptist has given to the work of worldwide evangelism because at the heart of Cleveland Baptist Church is evangelism its missions it's the benchmark of what you all do here and I'm so glad that I was a part of it missions conference is a time of celebration and especially here at this great church that is so actively involved in missions you say preacher celebration What's the matter with you? Don't you know what's going on? Don't you watch the evening news and see that our world is in total chaos? There's, there's social disorder. There's political chaos. Uh, science has failed us. Medicine has failed us. Uh, don't you see what's going on? Yes, I see what's going on. But I believe that we can still rejoice and celebrate as Paul told the church at Philippi to rejoice and celebrate. And what can we rejoice about? The fact that we have obeyed, have been obedient to God's great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In 1990, when we started the gypsy ministry here, it was the first ministry of its type anywhere in the world amongst Baptists. And by the way, we're 33 flavors of Baptist, and we were the first, the independent fundamental Baptist. And now there are many gypsy works abroad and here in the United States. Uh, but many times we're like the Jews in Babylon in Psalm chapter 137 when they said, By the rivers of water we sat down, yea, we wept, we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For they that carried us away captive required us of a song. And they that wasted us required us of mirth singing unto us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And you know what? I think we're living in a strange land. Help me, church. But here's what they say, if I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the root of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, listen to me church, we have a lot to celebrate. We have a lot because God has blessed us and in all the imperfection of this country, it doesn't get any better than the US of A and I've been around the block a couple times. We are a blessed nation, you want to know why we're a blessed nation? Because of churches like Cleveland Baptist Church. And though we see the, uh, the churches many times falling apart and doctrines being changed, being infiltrated by the world, there's always a remnant of God's people who always stay true to the truth of God's word and the call and mandate of God upon the church's life. Amen. And Cleveland Baptist is that church, and I'm so thankful that I'm a part of this church. This is my sending church. This is my home church, and I'm so glad that it is. 
Paul writes to the church of Philippi to rejoice in the Lord always. Eleven times he uses the word rejoice in this one small book. Now in case you didn't get it, he said it twice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. This is the same man who said by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You say, preacher, why did Paul feel the need to encourage the church at Philippi? Well, I think one of the reasons was that Philippi was a very poor church. Matter of fact, when boasting on the giving of the churches of Macedonia, i.e. Philippi, to the church at Corinth who had failed to give to worldwide evangelism. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, Moreover, brethren, watch closely, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. Watch the phraseology here. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality, for to their power, and I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. That Those are unusual phrases. How would you put in one sentence, how did in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy? I don't know a lot of Christians who are happy when they're going through afflictions. But yet the church at Philippi was, watch the other phrase, uh, and their deep poverty. Uh, we, we talk about poverty in America, it's an insult to the real thing. And there's no reason for anybody in this great nation to go without. We have too many systems in place. And that guy who begs at the exit of 480 makes more money probably than you and I. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, watch out, and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Philippi was a giving church. Why were they so happy in the midst of their trials and tribulations? Why were they willing to give in deep poverty? Watch now. Because they had met the master. They had met the king of kings and lord of lords. They were saved and their life was dramatically changed. Watch now. It didn't make any difference what condition they were living in. God had moved in. Christ had moved in. The Holy Spirit had moved in. And their entire perspective of life had changed even though they were in deep poverty. And nowhere in scripture do we see that their poverty ever changed. So we can celebrate. As believers, we are to rejoice always no matter what. Habakkuk says this in chapter 3, verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Help me, church. But watch what he says in verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Though Habakkuk was going through difficult economic times, the, the necessities of life were absent. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Maybe you're here tonight and you've lost your joy. Well, remember that Jesus saved you, your sins are forgiven, and you're heaven-bound, and that's reason to celebrate. Remember, many of Paul's writings were from a Roman prison cell. Now, as we get into the thoughts of the message, we have to keep in mind that Paul is the church planter here. He has established the church at Philippi. Now he's going on to do other missionary works. But he writes to this church and he wants them to be involved. And I want you to look 
with me, please, at verse 10. Now watch this. But I, who? Paul. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Watch the phrase now. That now, at the last, your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but lacked opportunity. Here's what we can celebrate, church. We can celebrate that as a church, you have communicated and cared for God's people. Look with me at verse 14. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my afflictions. Look at verse 15. Now you Philippians know also that at the beginning of the gospel, or when he started his gospel ministry, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, what? Communicated with me. Here's the definition. As concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. You know how many supporting churches the Apostle Paul had? One. But ye only. Only Philippi. They communicated. The word communicate means share. What was Philippi doing? Watch church. They were giving out of their poverty, investing in the life of ministry of the missionary, the Apostle Paul, the church planter. The definition is right there. As concerning giving and receiving. Who was giving? Philippi. Who was receiving? Paul. You can rejoice that through your missions giving, $950,000 this year alone. You have cared for some of God's choicest servants. They're in the booklet. You have fed them. You have clothed them. You have put gas in their cars. And in most foreign countries, gas is four or five times a, a gallon to what our cost of gas is. You have cared for. You have met their physical need. Watch what the Apostle Paul says in the 12th verse. Here's the missionary. Here's the missionary speaking. Watch now, verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things with Christ who has strengthened me, notwithstanding you have well done that you'd communicate with my affliction. Here's what Paul is saying. Because of a supporting church, here's what your supported missionaries can say. Because of you, your missionaries have abounded when they were abased. Because of you, you made them full when they were hungry. Because you shared, you met their affliction. The word affliction means burden. Verse 14, notwithstanding, you have well done that you to communicate with my affliction. That was the Apostle Paul's personal needs. Food to eat, clothes to wear, whatever he needed physically. And that's what you do for a missionary. You take care of their physical needs. But watch it, verse 16. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. Faith promise is an annual promise. You give for one year. That's why we have another conference every year so that you could recommit, hopefully increase, your faith promise giving. They kept their promise, but they didn't stop. Watch what it says. For even if Thessalonica you sent once, that wasn't enough for Philippi, and again unto my necessity. The word necessity there means what he needed for ministry. Your missionaries on the foreign field specifically, they need pews, they need pulpits, they need Bibles, they need hymnals. Watch now. For you to, to get something in your church, you just take an offering and you can pay for it, take it out of the budget. A missionary can't do that. And so the sending churches or the supporting churches meet the needs of the missionary in his necessities. And they sent once and again. And you know what? Cleveland Baptist Church has done it all over the world. The sun never sets 
upon the ministries of Cleveland Baptist Church. As your missionaries around the world in different time zones, and you've done it all over, and God has promised that he'll never forget these acts of kindness. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Hey, listen, God does not forget your nickels, dimes, and dollars that you give to the work of worldwide evangelism. Amen. Number one, we can celebrate because you have communicated and cared for God's servants. Number two, we can celebrate and rejoice that we can continue in this ministry. I think that's what my dear brother said when he was standing here. He said, continue. To continue. And you can continue by the strength that only Christ can give. What does verse 13 says? I can do some things through Christ which strengthen me. Is that what it says? I can do all things through Christ. You know what, church? You can give. You can serve. You can help. You can event. You say, now wait a minute, Brother Stevens. We were thinking about it. We might have to cut back on our missions giving. Well, it's called faith promise. And Paul reprimands the church of Corinth for not keeping that promise. But he commends the church at Philippi that they gave in very bad economic times. What was the phrase? Deep poverty. Giving beyond their power. And that's what it says in the third verse of 2 Corinthians 8. For to their power, and I bear record, Jane, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. What does that mean, preacher? That means that God will give more through you than he will to you. Giving beyond their powers means that they gave by the power and strength that only God could give. Listen to me, church. For those of you who are contemplating of whether you should be involved in faith promise. You know, here's my prayer for every conference. We talked about... 950,000 in the past year will surpass it after this conference. When the faith promise is taken, or the faith promise is given again. And so we talk about dollars and, and amounts that we'd like to, but here's my prayer for every conference, and I prayed it today. That there would be 100% participation of the membership of Cleveland Baptist Church. I think God would bless that. You want to know why? Because God blesses unity. And he hates the vision. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven or the seventh is an abomination. Those who sow discord amongst the brethren. This card uh, has places where you can put different amounts on it. You can write in amount. You can give weekly, monthly, twice a month, yearly. There's no place to put your name on this card. It's between you and God. Yeah. Pastor Pete will not send the faith promise police to your house if you don't give the faith promise. It's a commitment to, to you, to God, between you. You can write on that, that little spot there anything you want to write, whether it's a nickel, dime, dollar, hundred, two hundred. It's between you and God. Watch now, and all of us should be involved. And I believe God would honor that. 100% participation. Giving beyond their power means that they gave by the power giving what they had, and God began to give more through them by the strength that only God can supply. What did he say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I'm going to surprise you with a statement. God does not expect you to give something that you do not have. It's unlike the character of God. But watch, church. God does expect you to give that which you do have. He said, Preacher, I don't have a whole lot. Well, our, our dear sister, Sister Marshall, sang a song about giving the little. The fish. The widow of Zarephath was the first chorus. You know the story of the widow of Zarephath? 
It hasn't rained for three years because of the prophet Elijah. He prayed for it not to rain, and it didn't rain. A man prayed for it not to rain, and it didn't rain, Pastor Pete. The power of God that was on that man's life. Now, why did he pray for it not to rain? In judgment of a wicked king called Ahab and a wicked queen called Jezebel. Who led God's people into false worship. And so to bring judgment on them, he prayed for it not to rain. There's a famine in the land. But God is taking care of his servant. He's actually giving him, uh, the ravens are bringing him food to eat. He's drinking the water from the river, but, but the river dries up. And, the, and, and God tells Elijah to go to the widow Zarephath. Remember that story? And watch now. And here's what he says. Here's what God says to, to Elijah. She will sustain you. He uses the word sustenance. So when Elijah finds her, do you remember what she was doing? She was gathering some sticks because she's going to make a cake, make a fire, make a cake, bake it, and her and son are going to eat it and die. That's what it says. Help me, church. It's their last meal. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read these stories in the Bible, I jump in. I'm there. Weren't you there Easter morning? Weren't you at the empty tomb? I've been there. I was on Calvary. I, I saw my Savior get crucified. How did you do that? I've read it so many times, it's like I've been there. And so I'm in this story. I'm watching Elijah approach the widow woman. And you know, I, I picture the little boy in my mind. You ever watch those infomercials on television of Africans who are starving, you know? Their heads look real big. It's only because their faces are shrunken. Their bellies are inflated. Their lips are parched and flies are flying around their head, right? Now, mama probably looks worse because if there was any food, Junior got it. Help me. So Elijah approaches her. And what does he say to her? First, he asks for some water. Then she says what she's going to do. And then he says, watch now, make me a little cake first. All the audacity of that missionary. He's literally taking bread from the mouth of a dying little boy and his mama. But what, what did Elijah know? Sustenance. He's not going there for a snack. Hello. <laughs> and so, but what, and what, what, did the, what did the widow woman know? She knew who Elijah was. Help me, church. You know, these missionaries are here and you're going to get to know them. And the more you get to know them, the more you'll appreciate their ministries. Hello. She knew about Elijah because everybody knew about Elijah. Everybody knew Elijah was never going to die. Hello. And so based on the fact that she knew who Elijah was, what did she do? Did she make him two cakes? One. Because that's all she had. What percentage of what she had did she give? 100%. Watch now, church. Here's the thought. God does not expect from you to give that which you do not have, but God does expect for you to give that which you do have. And so she gave 100% of it. And what does the Bible say? The cruise of oil never emptied, the barrel of meal never emptied, until the famine was taken off the land. Listen, you have what you need for your promise in your possession. You just got to be willing to give it. God does not expect you to give that which you do not have. Rejoice and celebrate that you can continue in your faith promise. Number three, celebrate and rejoice that you've heard a commendation of Christ. Well done. And I want you to see it with me, please, in verse 14. Notwithstanding, 
Ye have, give me the two words, well done. What did they do well? They communicated. What does communicate mean? Share. Giving. Paul was receiving. Well done. Whether it was the Apostle Paul, Jesus Christ, or the Holy Spirit, it came from the bosom of God. That's holy writ. You know who was telling Philippi that they did well? The Heavenly Father. They got that divine accolade that all of you are longing to hear this side of eternity. Because here's why you're here on Wednesday night. Here's why you'll be here Thursday. Here's why you'll be here Friday. Here's why you'll be here Sunday morning and Sunday night. Because you want to hear Jesus say from his mouth to your ear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou has been faithful in a few things. Few things. Be thou ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Philippi got to hear it this side of eternity. Paul gives the commendation of well done by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Thus the commendation is not just for Philippi, but for all those who will follow Philippi's example of communicating, of giving. Rejoice in the fact that someday you will hear well done directly from the precious lips of your Savior, your Christ, your King. So celebrate and rejoice that you have heard the commendation of Christ well done. Number four, rejoice and celebrate for the counting of the fruit of souls that have been placed into your account in heaven. Look at verse 17. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And you say, preacher, you know what? Uh, many keynote speakers come at missions conference and they'll use that verse. But you know what? The Apostle Paul wanted a gift. And you know what? The missionaries here, they want gifts. They're here for financial support. Prayer support. Financial support. What did Paul mean? Not that because I desire a gift. Well, there's two thoughts here. Number one, Paul is the father of the church of Philippi. He says of the church of Galatia, he travailed in birth until Christ be formed in them. He, 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 he birthed this church. Hello? And that's what missionaries do. They go around birthing churches by the blessed Holy Spirit of God. Now watch now. Here's what Paul is saying to Philippi. I want you to be blessed. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Amen. Did Paul know that he was going to win souls? Yes. Paul knew his call of Acts chapter 9. He was, going to, he was going to preach to kings. Hello? And he did, didn't he? Amen. Paul knew that he was going to win souls. Paul knew that he was going to plant churches. Paul knew the, uh, the, the evangelism that God had instilled in his heart. And you know what? He loved Philippi. Didn't we already show that in verse 1? My joy, my crown, beloved. Hello. So he loved Philippi. So you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to bless his baby. You want to bless your babies? You want your grandkids to be blessed? Paul wanted his baby to be blessed. So here's what he's saying, Philippi. It's not that I need your money. God's going to take care of me. I think it was Spurgeon who said, God's work, done God's way, will never lack God's supply. And I will, almost 40 years of ministry for this preacher right here, and God has supplied miraculously at times. Amen. And so Paul's saying, I want to make sure that the souls that I win go into your account, Philippi, but I can't do it unless you invest. Are you catching this? Yes. 
The lights are on. Preacher, but nobody's home. I want you to be blessed, Philippi. Now watch now. Here's what Paul knew. That if Philippi didn't meet his need, some other church down the road would. These missionaries know that if Cleveland Baptist Church doesn't take them on for support, some church is going to take them on for support because they're going to get the job done because they know the call that God has placed upon their lives. But you know what they want to do? What I've done for Cleveland Baptist Church since 1990. Put gypsy souls into your account. Pastor Pete's been to Hungary and Romania. Pastor Gitsefeket has been here. Here's what I'm telling you. That the souls that your missionaries win, that you invest into financially, that you pray for, those souls, when you get to heaven, you know what they're going to do? They're going to tap you on the shoulder and say, thank you. Amen. Thank you for putting a number on that card. And thank you for backing it up. And not just the card, but the money came in after you filled out the card. Do you realize that the church bases its budget on the cards? Help me, Pastor Pete. Not on the actual finances. In other words, the, the church will calculate the faith promise on the cards and will budget their missions budget on that amount. So the church steps out on faith based upon a faith promise card. You give the funds and then it's distributed. Watch now. And fruit is put into your account. There's accounting. There's a calculation. There's, a, there's in heaven those souls that you've invested in through your missionaries who will thank you for giving to the Lord. Amen. And I need to move along. Number five, you can rejoice and celebrate that your charity for these many years has been accepted and is well-pleasing to the Heavenly Father. I want you to look at a definition of faith promise giving in the 18th verse. And by the way, this is what every missionary wants to say. But I have all. And abound. I am full. Why? Why can this missionary say, I have all and abound and am full? Because he's received of Epaphroditus. And by the way, Epaphroditus is the closest thing that I can find in the Bible for a mission board. He was the courier. Watch what it says. But I have all and abound, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus. Watch, church. The things which were sent from you. Here's God's definition of faith promise giving. Watch now. It's an odor of a sweet smell. A sacrifice acceptable. Give me the rest. Well pleasing to God. This card, when it's filled out, when it's backed up with the finances that come for 52 weeks after they come in. Watch now. It's an odor to God of a sweet smell. It's a sacrifice well-pleasing to God. That's holy writ. That's God's definition of faith promise. You know, we, we meet Christians who want to please God. Oh, Brother Stevens, I want to please God. Well, do you want to be obedient? Because that's how you please God, through obedience. And here it says that we can please God through our giving. At a time in this world when most of what God smells is the stench of the sins of man's kind, mankind. He says of Nineveh, that, that great city, for their wickedness has come up before me. Could you imagine the stench that enters the nostrils of God from the wickedness that goes on to this planet. But your faith promise 
is an odor of a sweet smell. And then finally, you can celebrate and rejoice that God will care for your need accordingly. Second most popular verse to the body of Christ, verse 19. Second only to John 3.16. We've taken Philippians 4.19, we've cross-stitched it, and we hang it on our walls. Help me, church. What does it say, preacher? Watch now. I, uh, excuse me, I lost my place. Verse 19. But my God, who's God? Yours and Paul's. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Wow, what a great promise, preacher. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a lot of riches. It's his riches and glory. By who? Christ Jesus. Why do we pray in Jesus' name? Because God ain't going to hear a prayer if I say it in Walter's name. Hello? But he will hear a prayer in Jesus' name. Watch now. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a great promise. I believe that promise belongs to Cleveland Baptist Church. And I believe that's why you have the facilities on this property, 441331 Tiedemann Road in Brooklyn, Ohio. I believe that's why, because of that verse. But watch now. Do you know that there's different kind of promises in the Bible? There are conditional promises and unconditional promises. Here's an unconditional promise. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be no strings attached. Right? It, don't have to get baptized. Don't have to be a church member. Don't have to tithe. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Now we all do that other stuff because it goes with it. Hello. We're going to be obedient. But there are conditional promises. And Philippians 4.19 is a conditional promise. The promise can be only appropriated in the context in which it was given. I like to consider myself to be a contextual, a contextual studier of the scriptures. I like to be my, consider myself a contextual preacher of the word of God. Amen. Study and preach in context. Right, preacher? Amen. Now watch now. That promise was given to who? A church that communicated. Believers that communicated. What does communicate mean? Share. Giving and receiving. We see the definition right there. Paul was receiving, they were giving. We, you can't claim that promise if you're not sharing in the work of world evangelism. I hate to give you the bad news, but the promise is not yours if you don't give a nickel or a dime to the work of worldwide evangelism. You say, that's not real popular preaching. I'm not in a popularity contest. But is it true? Yes. Now, we have to be careful with motives. Why am I going to give so I can make the promise mine? Well, there are other verses. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. I didn't design the reward system. God did. Give, and it shall be given unto you. How? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? What does press down mean? How many remember hand-packed ice cream? Raise your hand way up high. You just gave away your age. 
I was born in Bellefontaine, Ohio, raised in Bellefontaine, Ohio. I went to Pine Avenue School. I graduated from the sixth grade. That's as far as I went, by the way. And we used to walk to school all uphill, going and coming back. <laughs> and we used to pass by, what was the name of the dairy, Liz, do you remember? No, Hopewell. Hopewell Dairy. Hopewell Dairy. And sometimes mom would say, Walter, on your way home from school, stop with your brother at the Hopewell Dairy and get us a quart of whatever flavor she asked for. So I would stop in at the Hopewell Dairy on the way home, walking from school, and I would go in and I'd order a quart of whatever ice cream. Now, do you remember what they used to put it in? It was a round cardboard cylinder that had a metal ring at the bottom and the cap was a metal ring also that would cover it. So I'd watch the guy, and he'd start dipping ice cream. And you think it's full? And he's going to put the cap on? No, this is pressed down. And he continued to press. And he'd press. And he'd press. This is what you think he couldn't get any more, and he'd get another scoop in. Listen, God wants to give to you pressed down. Then he wants to give to you shaken together. What does that mean? When we were on the carnival circuit, after the, every concession stands closed, we'd go back to the travel trailer and we'd count whatever we made that night. And we had a little pop-up folding table, and I'd sit on one side, my, dolly, my wife Dolly, my late wife Dolly, would sit on the other side. And sometimes it was unwrappable change. It wasn't enough to get in, into a wrapper, Brother Goodman. And so we had kind of an agreement that whatever you couldn't get into a wrapper, Dolly had one of those big metal um, milk cans. And so she would, she would scrape that off the table into the milk can. Now, I think she scraped off more than wasn't wrappable. And that was her mad money, whatever she wanted to do with it. But that, by the fall of the year, I mean, the carnival season's ending, that, that, that milk can was full. But Dolly wanted to get some more in there. So you know what she did? She'd shake it. And the coins would go lower. Watch now. God wants to give to you, pressed down, shaken together. I don't have to define running over. But what's the first word of Luke 6? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, there's one last thought, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time there. I want you to go with me, please. To the 20th verse. Paul's closing out the book. And I want you to see what he says to this church that he loves. To this church that's investing in his ministry in deep poverty. Watch now. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Watch now. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you. Chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now here's the thought and I'm going to finish. The church that gives. Cleveland Baptist Church can celebrate. Because your character is known all over the world by your missions giving. Who knows it? Watch now. It's known locally. What does it say? The brethren which are with me greet you. It's known internationally. Watch now. All the saints salute you. Who are they saluting? Philippi. A poor church. They were saluting them. All the saints. Watch who salutes them. Chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. What do you think about the testimony of this church? Pretty big deal. 
And so is the testimony of the Cleveland Baptist Church around the world. All because of this. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.